Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 17 of the Chesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt McChesney, coming to you from 6-0 Studios at 6-0 Strength and Fitness. We call this place The Bridge, and it is certainly that. Check out uh, on Twitter at 6-0 Strength and then on Instagram at 6-0 Strength as well. Uh, we are the college football recruiting hub for the state of Colorado, and we had guys all over the country Last weekend, and we've got guys going all over the country this weekend again. Um, if you're not in the state of Colorado, we are offering the distance program. So just reach out either on Twitter or Instagram or at Matt at 60strength.com. We can get you set up there. Uh, we've got a hell of a show for you here today on episode 17 of McChesney Unchained. Uh, my man Brandon Spano is in studio. Uh, BS, what what's up, brother? How the hell are you? I'm good, man. I was. Are you going to say the number of ever? Is this going to be like UFC? You're going to be like, welcome to McChesney Unchained 288, number 288. I want everybody to know how much fucking grind we're putting in over here. Uh, So, look, it it was a – I don't know if it was a good weekend or not. The Broncos didn't play, so I guess not losing is good. CSU and CU both got absolutely dick-nailed. I mean, CSU, (laughs) they they don't look like they have any desire to play football. CU – Lost 31-7 to at Washington State, and we're going to get into all that as we go. But Did they let you say dick-nailed on 760? No, man. They don't <laughs> let me say anything. That's why I'm not there anymore. <laughs> Can't even speak. I used to walk in like every other day, and they'd be like, hey, we love your emotion and your passion, but could you tone down the emotion and the passion? I'd be like, fucking pick one. Uh, so right off the bat, I want to tell everybody about one of our new sponsors, uh, Victory gear.com it's victory insoles and they are competition-based insoles they're incredible uh they just started here on mcchesney unchained and we're selling them at the gym as well uh if you go on vktry gear.com that's vktry gear.com victory gear.com uh and the promo code is 6050 you'll get a 50 discount on the victory insoles and check them out there and follow them on twitter and instagram it's just another training tool for the dungeon family to utilize and maximize in the room uh, so we're happy to have Victory Insoles on the show and bringing you uh, episode 17 of McChesney Unchained. Um, we're going to get into the NFL wrap-up here before we start talking shit about the Buffs and the Rams and the Broncos and the coaches and just the the sinking submarine that is the state of Colorado football from NFL to college football. Um, <clears throat> as always, NeuroF or XPF.com brings you the NFL wrap. That's NeuroXPF.com. Make sure you go on, check out the website and type in promo code 6015 you get a 15% discount on neuroxpf.com they bring you the NFL wrap all right spano the NFL games this weekend i thought they were awful i thought they were terrible the refereeing is driving me up the fucking wall i hate it it's inconsistent it's like 
You've got a game plan for your opponent and whichever uh, referee grouping they throw at you that day. Um, you know, I was so – look, I played for the Jets for three years. I'm always going to have a soft spot for them. They lost to fucking Matt Barkley, okay? I mean, now, Matt Barkley carved them. Carved them. And I, I'm not just talking about losing. Okay, they didn't just lose. They got dick-nailed, like I just said. Isaiah McKenzie had over 120 all-purpose yards. Bro, I mean – is it impossible to play defense in the NFL now? He's stressing out, listeners. I am. I, look, He's man. Stressing I mean, out. the Jets got Sam Darnold. I'm an ex-Jet. I, they're one. They're my first ever team. They gave me my opportunity. I understand that green and white is, you know, just code for puke, and I, I get it. <laughs> we made the playoffs two out of three years when I was there, and we never won a playoff game, but at least we made it. You play to win the game. You play were in to that win. Season. You play to win the game. Herm was my first ever head coach. Great I just, man. Great I man. I can't believe what i watched on like you've got the the most depleted team in the nfl coming in they don't have a quarterback they got matt barkley off the street after they got Derek anderson off the street after they played fucking peterman i mean peterman can't play he's got 120 passes and 12 fucking picks he's unemployed right yeah so peterman's peterman's out peterman i just look if you're the jets how in the heavenly fuck can you retain todd bulls what what the fuck is going on and apparently he knows something about woody johnson i mean he's got to have some dirt because i mean it's unbelievable (laughs) oh it's unbelievable i mean and and they're saying they're saying there's a chance i mean if they show you know if if they can win some games down the stretch here they're gonna keep him yeah (laughs) wrong answer (laughs) why would you and and i have no idea i'd love to get your opinion on this spano but why would you want to have a young, aggressive-minded, you know, quarterback that you just drafted and put all this money and, and faith in, and then have a defensive-minded head coach? Right, it why? doesn't make any why? sense. Right now, the NFL is geared towards offense. Everything the is rules offense. are geared towards offense. The refs you were just complaining about, geared their rules are offense. geared towards offense. So, yeah, you, you, what's working right now is bright offensive head coaches lined up with, you know. Uh, Great quarterbacks, and and particularly right now, great young quarterbacks. I mean, we're seeing in Green Bay how Aaron Rodgers, who's you know arguably the best quarterback in the league right now, is struggling with a head coach. You know, he's kind of winning in despite of his head coach. I agree but, with that. But in the other, you know, when, when you look at across the league, I mean, you look at Goff and and McVay, and you look at Mahomes, you know, Andy, and, and Trubisky, and, and, and all these guys. Yeah, so, they've all got coaches right. that are offensive. That's right. That's right. So, this is that era. This is that era. Like, you, well, well, listen, why, why would you Brad ever Johnson, hire a defensive minded coach Johnson right now? Brad Johnson isn't winning Super Bowls in this era. Trent Dilfer's not winning Super Bowls in this era. Uh, uh, Rex Grossman is not taking you to a Super Bowl in this era. And no you know? one, and you can't. Not you era. can't cover that up anymore. So, right. so look, we're, we're going to get to the Broncos, obviously, and. and uh, my man, I, my man Andre was in here helping me with the boards last week, and he had a great interview with me. That's about thirty minutes long. That's going to be on the show as well. He's a yeah, smart guy. Look, man, if you have a young quarterback in this league, if you're the Jets, if you're the Browns, if you're the, if you're Kansas City, if you're Denver, okay, and you don't have a young quarterback, I like Chubb, but we missed not picking one of these cues it, because I don't right. see the same guys in this year's class. I see Rosen's getting better week to week. You're getting nothing but better. I mean, uh, last week, the, you know, the Chiefs have Justin Houston back. They got Daniel Sorison back, and they were bringing the heat. D Ford's coming off the end. He, I think he leads the league in pressures. So that that D is a little underrated because they had, 
they they gained so many yards on offense, you're bound to get yards on them on D. And they brought it, and, you know, uh, hey, Rosen didn't win. He's Hey, listen, he's not going to go in. I mean, really, no one right now is going to go into Kansas City to win. But he, I, I, could t- I looked at him, and I was saying, hey, this guy. He's getting better. He's got something. And you getting know what? As soon as you get, what they do? They fire McCoy. And he gets better. They put Leftwich in there. Looks like a completely different player. And, and Leftwich played in the league, and he's trying to simplify things for Rosen and just let him play. I played under Mike McCoy. It is super complex. Super. There's too there's too much communication, too much echo, too much bullshit going on pre-snap for anybody to be successful. And I think we've seen that. In my opinion, you should draft nothing but pass rushers, corners, and quarterbacks and left tackles. And then if your left tackle can't play, move his ass inside to guard or center. Right. Unless you're unless you're when you're stacked, you get you get luxury picks. Well, you know? If you already have the guy, right, if right. you have if you're look, I know Philadelphia's four and five and they lost. But who, who cares? The NFC East is dog shit. I bet you they still win it. If you're Philadelphia, if you're Kansas City, if you're anybody with a young quarterback, they haven't paid yet or you paid. I don't give a shit. Young, young youth quarterback you've had from the from the jump. I don't see the problem in the Rams model, in the Saints model. For the last three years, the Rams and the Saints have been dog shit, uh, with the exception of last year, obviously. Before that, the three right, three right, or four right. years before that, they were terrible. And they're always in the top ten of the draft, and they're getting better players, and then all of a sudden, bam, it, it sparks and it hits because you actually have guys around the quarterback. When, when you're looking at the rest of the NFL, okay, the, the the Redskins, they got a big win over Tampa. Woo-hoo. Dirk Cutter's probably out. Pittsburgh hand, hammered Carolina. I was stunned about that score, but it, it, Thursday night games, God knows what's going on there. I mean, some, some guys show and some guys don't. We just said Dallas beat Philadelphia. We'll see what happens to them. The Patriots look like shit. Absolutely getting hammered by Tennessee. I watched that whole game. Hey, so what do you think of this? I mean, you have um, – uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, Lions head coach. Their D. Uh, Patricia. Patricia goes to the Lions. The Obliterates the Bill. He kills him. Then uh, Vrabel, Vrabel kills you him. You know, I mean, Vrabel was handpicked from the middle of the galaxy by Bill Belichick. The guy doesn't play professional football if there, if Bill Belichick is in. One hundred percent. Because after he leaves Pittsburgh, he only got a chance in New England because he was versatile and he just happened to mold into right. a great player there. And, and then and then became absolutely a great player, cerebral player, one whatever. Of the, one of the one of the best concrete Charlies I've ever seen. And if you don't know what a concrete Charlie is, you're not a real football fan. You're a schmuck. Okay, Concrete Charlie's Chuck Benarek. I'm a Concrete Charlie. Vrabel's a Concrete Charlie. Ben Garland's a Concrete Charlie. By the way, Ben, happy Veterans Day, brother. He's part of the Dungeon family here, and you serve our country the right way, and we love you. Thank you for all your service. I know everybody sees him on the uh, on the TV on the Salute to Service commercials, and I'm telling you, that man worked his ass off to get in the position he's in, so thank you very much. Uh, but if you're looking at it... Why do those guys beat versatility? Bill? How can those guys beat Bill? Because I think they've been in the room with them. They know, they know enough to be successful on a Sunday. My thing is, I don't think any of them beat Bill in the playoffs. Right. I, in my opinion, I think Billichek allows. I, I don't think he wants to lose, but I don't think he looks at a game lost at Detroit or lost at Tennessee against former assistants. I don't think he looks at it as a, as a negative. I think he looks at it as an opportunity to go in and grill the shit out of his football team and tell them they're not very good and show them a bunch of clips of them sucking so they go on another six-game win streak. So, Well, it, there's this other thing, too, that, and, and this is you know, something that um, a lot of people aren't familiar with, but 
it happens in the league. Sometimes a coach, if it, let me give you a great example. Last year, the Chiefs and the Eagles played. They run very exact offenses. If you watch that game, you can watch it right yeah, now. Third, third on, game of the season, right? At yeah. Kansas City, 23-20 Philly, right? If you watch that or game. Or 23-20 Kansas City. Yep, yeah. Yep. If you watch that game, you'll say, where the hell is the offenses? Think tank, bitch. <laughs> you'll say, where in the hell was the offenses? Too tight in. They're running there in I for me. Is this Andy Reid, you know, versus, and versus Doug Peter? What is this? Well, guess what it is, guys? They know that the other guy knows how to stop them. They know They don't want to put it on film. Okay, they're not going to broadcast it for the league to see. It's not. The goal isn't to go undefeated. This isn't college fucking right. football. So, so there's a good chance that Belichick goes against these guys and says, guess what? I'm not putting this on film Look, for everyone to show how to beat us. They ran the quarterback throwback again to Tom. Okay? Jigs up. Stop <laughs> throwing the ball to 12. He fell on himself. He dropped the ball. I mean, he's not fleet of foot. He does not need to be out there. All you're doing is making him look old. Now... When it comes down to it, Tom Brady goes home to a fat bank account and Giselle, so it's not really that bad for him. I do think that the Patriots will learn from this. Tennessee is Tennessee's a scary team if they get you at home. I know they went and won at Dallas, but who doesn't win I, They're pretty Dallas? good. Check this out real I, quick. I like I, Marcus I, Mariota a lot when he's healthy. I was just going to say that. So I, I, was, I was listening to an interview from a, t- a Tennessee beat guy uh, a couple weeks ago, and you know, he was saying Mariota had this elbow injury. The it, ulnar nerve, yeah. That's like the, exactly the pitcher, right. The pitcher it injury. hits the nerve. The nerve is affecting his hand. Sometimes he couldn't even feel that he was holding the Look, ball. I've dislocated both my elbows multiple times. I've dislocated my left one terribly. And my <laughs> ulnar nerves in both elbows are gone. And I can't feel my pinky on either hand. So imagine imagine being a quarterback and having to grip stuff and grip the ball and deliver. That's, it feels kind of big. Everybody remembers the Peyton Manning fiasco not being able to grip the fucking ball. And, and so it, it, I remember at the beginning of the year people saying, Mariota's trash. He's gar- I mean, look, and, and now you're seeing he's healthy for the first time the last couple of weeks, and he's slinging it. Some of the, I mean, there was a couple of beautiful passes. That, the one he dropped to the, the Corey Moore, the kid from Western, the that corner. they picked in the fifth round that, yeah. or in the fifth pick that everybody thought was a bust and he just hurt his back and needed to get healthy. That's the thing, fans. Relax. This is a process. Try How and have some often, patience. You know what's crazy is he dropped that right in the breadbasket, bro. It's like he was standing above him yep. and just dropped it off of a ledge into a pool. Quarterbacks that can get that that straight down drop. It's like he's what, bombing them. Yeah, yeah. Dropping fucking bombs. It's like impossible to, to guard. How oh. are you supposed to guard that with all the rules against playing defensive back these days? It, like, I almost feel bad for the defense at times. You know, it's crazy how many guys play injured, don't talk about it, and get ab- skewered by the fans and the media while they're injured. Uh, and, 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 they, but and, if they take time off to get healthy, everybody thinks they're a pussy. Right. And, and then, you know, what will happen is they either come back and they play great and then they say, I, I, I was injured. Or, uh, you know, they don't say anything at all. Uh, and nobody knows. But that happens a lot. Yeah, Mariota's one of those silent leaders. And I look, Taylor Lewan, left tackle, stud. That's what I think Garrett Bowles could be if he would just work. If Garrett would just work, he could be 77, I Has swear. Has he showed up here yet? No, not yet. This morning we had Sam Jones, McGovern, the Viking, Will Precheck, who's still looking for a job, which is unbelievable to me. The guy graded up 90% in the preseason and still can't get a look. Um, and then Thursday, we've got Turner, Wilkinson. He's supposed to come in. We'll see. Who knows? We keep talking on text and DM. He, he keeps telling me he wants to come in. And then no show. Houdini. Poof. He's gone. 
All right, so look, the, the best two games of Sunday, in my opinion, were the Rams and Seattle, the 36-31 win, Rams improved 9-1, and one. and then New Orleans, 51-14 to 14 beat down of Cincinnati in Cincinnati. I don't know how Marvin Lewis still has a fucking job, but he fired the defensive coordinator, a, uh, everyone in Cincinnati. The D.C. ain't the problem. It's Marvin fucking Lewis. How long are you going to hold on to this cat? 17 years. That's crazy. And no playoff wins in 17 years. You, what would the Denver fans do if they kept Marvin Lewis for 17 years with no playoff wins? I mean, what? the only argument you can say is, do you remember the Bengals before him? And that's, and, and, I just, and you know. Oh, man. But, so, but, so, but does so that give you, yeah. Just, 11 and 5 and right. choking in the playoffs every year is good enough? Does like, that give you a lifetime pass? With the, the Brown, with Mike no. Brown it does. Mike Brown's deaf, dumb, and blind apparently. So, fuck. We'll put it like this. What Drew Brees did on Sunday, the comfortability of Peyton and Brees together, the way that they game-planned Cincinnati and just ate them alive with Ingram in the passing game, Kramer in the running game, rather than vice versa, the the way that they're getting Thomas the ball, some of the throws Brees was putting on Thomas were just insane. And Tyson Hill, and I, look, after I get that, done talking about I was Drew just Brees, mention him. He I want to so talk about Tyson sick, Hill dude. before we get into the Broncos. Because I have, I have something I'm going to say that's going to piss off Bronco country, and I'm glad. I, I think Drew Brees, in my opinion, Drew Brees is becoming my favorite quarterback to watch because I saw him yesterday next to Michael Johnson, the defensive end for Cincinnati, and he looks like a child. <laughs> Michael Johnson is towering over him talking crap, and Drew's out there slanging it. And so, look, he moved into second all-time in, in all-time quarterbacks or all-time touchdown passes on Sunday. And in my opinion, that gets you the wear band warrior of the weekend – Go on wearbands.com and check out the, the product. It's a lateral training tool that we use in here in the, at Six Zero. It's great for all lateral athletes, where you're a fighter, a hockey player, a soccer player, a football player. If you move off the inside of your feet with your shoulders tall, check out wearbands. It does a great job of force production off the floor. My band, Dan Schreiber, will be in here on Friday to talk about the product a little bit more on the show. Uh, and we're going to be posting stuff on Six Zero Strength and uh, – on Twitter and Instagram about Wearbands. Check it out. Follow them at Wearbands on Instagram and Twitter. And check out Wearbands.com. And make sure you use the promo code 6020 for a 20% discount. Or you can just come into the, the lab here at 60 and we'll get you taken care of with your Wearbands. All right, so the Wearband Warrior is Drew Brees. He hangs 51 on Cincinnati and looked good doing it. The Rams put 36 on Seattle, gave up almost 300 yards rushing. That game was up and down, back and forth. Russell Wilson oh, yeah. is a stud. Uh, some, there's some bad calls in that. There were some too. terrible calls in that game that extended it. I mean, there were some really bad holding calls. There were some really bad roughing the passer calls. It's just, I hope that less is more in the playoffs. I really hope that the refs will just back up and fuck off and let everybody play when the playoffs come or when the end of the season comes because those are going to be playoff games too. <laughs> uh, so, so look, Tyson Hill. Okay, now Tyson Hill was a quarterback in college. Okay, where did he play? Uh, like Tulane or something? Tulane or some shit. Yeah. I can't remember. Who cares? Tyson Hill, I want everybody to listen to what I'm about to say. If Tim Tebow wasn't such an egotistical jerk and didn't want to walk in and just say, I'm a quarterback and you're going to play me quarterback, he would still be here in Denver in that role. He would have been the Tyson Hill of the Super Bowl team, lead blocking and killing people, and everybody would be donning fucking Tebow jerseys until the end of time. He'd be the most popular team teammate in the world. He'd be the most popular player on the team, even above Peyton Manning and Von Miller. Everybody would love him, and everyone would truly believe him when he says, I'm a football player and I'll do anything to help the team win. 
That's all I could think about yesterday when I was watching Tyson Hill leading on screen plays and lead blocking and catching the ball in the flat and then lining up in the Wildcat and destroying people in that running game. The jump pass to Ben Watson that he dropped was a terrible throw, but still dropped it. It's just it, I'm looking at it, and I know Tim Tebow's a sore spot for, for the Denver community, but why couldn't Tim embrace this? back in the day and be this guy telling me he couldn't be this fucking guy there was so he went to BYU. i just looked it up and i love this hill kid he's a stud dude you want to know the play that i love too that i thought uh this totally could have been tebow uh there's a run that go he's lined up as like a receiver right and there's a run that goes and he live he just delivers this crack crushing people oh he crushes this dude on this crack back and they ends up being a 13 yard touchdown um yeah, who would have liked to get cracked back by Tebow? No one. Nobody. I mean, to think about this. Tebow goes from a 220-pound quarterback to actually putting in work in the weight room. Not saying he didn't. Just quarterbacks train differently. You can't restrict range of motion like it would have fucking mattered with him anyway. But still, now, now you have a 250, 60-pound tight end fullback who is a massive matchup problem. And then imagine Tebow in the Wildcat. And that's all he does. He's a wildcat specialist. He's a lead blocker. He everything that Tyson Hill's doing for New Orleans, Tim should be should have been doing that for Denver. You know what I really love also is the lack of ego by I, uh, Drew Brees. I love the lack of I ego mean, by both. Like Drew's look, like look embracing at, this kid. Look at look at the way that Flacco, you know, gets his panties in a little bunch every, every time, time they Lamar, bring every time Lamar see comes last in. Week, Lamar Jackson I mean, came shut in. They, up, they dude. ran they ran fake zone or fake zone uh what the fucking reverse uh whatever jet sweep yeah jet sweep and he runs down the sideline on the offside wide ass open flacco looks at him and goes to the tight end like he doesn't want to give eight any shine that's a terrible veteran i guarantee you flacco's not helping lamar develop right terrible terrible veteran at the quarterback position roethlisberger another terrible vet mason rudolph can learn on his own hey asshole what if he has to win some games for you this year you still want him to learn on his own that's right. one thing I, I respect. Yeah, because about. Roethlisberger misses games every all the single time. year. All the time. And I guarantee you he misses one down the road that costs Pittsburgh. And because Mason Rudolph's not ready because he wouldn't help him. Just think about, I think Peyton, the extravaganza in the media created about Tebow got Tebow out of here. If they would have just treated him like a player on the team, and he would have just accepted the role of, I'll do anything, I'm a football player, he'd still be here. And Peyton Manning would have would have took him over under his wing and taught him everything, and he would have been the the super versatile offensive I, weapon Denver has. Who do they mention when they talk about Patrick Mahomes' development all the time? Alex Smith, all the time helped, helped him the so whole much. year. Yeah, Great just veteran. took him under his wing the whole year. Uh, Mahomes' dad was saying, "Hey, without Alex Smith, we're just not in this spot. Unbelievable. We'll there, never thank him enough." There's no quarterback that is worth his salt. If he won't help the young guy, he thinks the young guy's there to take his job. He's not confident. I don't want him as my starter. Period. If I don't give a shit who you are. As anybody has, did, when, when Garoppolo got drafted in the second round by New England, did Tom Brady freak out? No. He didn't do shit. I mean, he, he was did. a dick to Garoppolo. I don't think he was a dick. I mean, he wouldn't. He, the rumor is that they, he made them trade him. Okay, maybe he's a dick. <laughs> Touche, Spano. Uh, okay, well, uh, maybe they're just good at keeping things behind closed doors until things explode like we've seen that well, happen. Well, and, 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 and but, also, but, but, no but, one has the kind of – no one can go to the owner's box like Brady can. That's true. 
I, just look, saying. with Drew, I would expect – or Drew. With Tom Brady, I would expect him to be a good vet here because Drew Bledsoe was a great veteran to him. Right. Great fucking veteran to him. Drew could have been Very such a prick. Quarterback. He should have, could have been such a prick and been such an asshole to Tom on the, when Tom was named the starter and he didn't do it. And you remember, Drew came in and got them to the Super Bowl. Tom got hurt. Drew went in and, and helped them get to the Super Bowl that year. And then Tom, they had not named Tom the starter for the Super Bowl. And he went and beat the Rams. So uh, just don't underestimate the power of good veterans. This takes us full circle. Okay. Andre and I's interview is going to be a little bit down the road. Just hold your ass. Okay. It's a great show today. Broncos. Okay. The Denver fucking Broncos are now in a position where they're playing the Chargers, the Steelers, the Chargers, the Browns. I think they got the Raiders in there again. They've got a couple winnable games and games they should lose because I don't think they're very good. Do you keep Case Keenum as a good veteran to mold your quarterback? And are you okay with tanking? Yes and yes, those are my answers. Yeah, here's the problem, though, is the Broncos missed the 83 quarterback draft just now. Well, and, and, and you and, like Herbert? And and now they've got this terrible, I mean, this is a terrible quarterback draft. It, it, it may be, it may be. You know, here, I, I can never tell Her- college Herbert, quarterbacks. Drew Locke. I can never tell. Neither can I. How the hell can you? I don't know. The guys, I mean, there's guys who get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to tell, and they can't tell well, either. We'll put it like this. The next time I hear some idiot say, oh, you, you can't pick him. He's running a college-style offense. I'm going to lose it because everything's a college-fucking-style offense right. now. Everything. In and, fact, and, and if the, you're not running one in the NFL, yes, then you're losing. The most successful offenses in the National Football League are not making the quarterbacks acclimate to the offense. They're acclimating around the quarterback to run offense. Look at North Turner in Carolina. I know they didn't play well on Thursday. Offensively, right. they played pretty well, but they got shit on on defense. North Turner walked in, and, and he's consummate eye formation, West Coast offense, bootleg, play action, run the fucking ball, and he had to acclimate to Cam Newton. Yes, Cam had to acclimate to Norv a little bit, but you can't walk in and say, "Hey, Cam, be like Troy Aikman." Well, hey, remember this. Like remember that. this conversation when we eventually get to see you, because I want to talk about the Les Miles rumor, oh. and I want to talk about whether or not. Les Miles is going to bring the LSU double tight end I formation offense to Boulder. I wish he would. That offense is going to make you second place in the SEC. That's first place big time in, in the Pac-12. I don't think the Pac-12 is very good. All right, well, we'll, we'll get to that in yeah, a second. Yeah, we'll get to that. All right, so look, man, Broncos. Where are we going from here, Spano? I mean, I think – and look, I love VJ. I keep saying it. I don't want Vance to lose his job. I'm never an advocate for Ugh, somebody to get fired. Why? But it's, it, I just – I don't like guys oh, uh, getting oh, yeah, canned. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. I don't, yeah, I, yeah. Just being a, being right, a, right, an right, NFL right, veteran, right. I never want to see – I was talking about the first one where you said – Just, you know, just okay, pump your brakes. Okay. Let me, let me finish. Right, don't right, eat right. the microphone. Okay. Okay? I, I don't want to see him get fired. He's my boy, and I love him, and I'm glad he's the coach here. But it's time. It's time. And I think they missed an opportunity last week to make to make the move. And unless, unless, unless John is okay with tanking. And look, Bronco fans, Bronco country, please relax. If they lose out, good. Good. Because last year, beating the fucking Jets, and then six days later, or three days later, whatever, going on the road and beating the Colts are the reason they picked fifth instead of second or third. Yeah, and I love Bradley Chubb. I think him and Vaughn are going to be an absolute problem, problem for offenses in the future. 
100%, especially when they actually start running an over and an under front and have four down, and they let Bradley play the front side, strong side defensive end and put Vaughn on the back, and they stop making them play in the fucking space and play the Sam and the Jack linebackers in odd. When they stop doing that bullshit and they just play a four down, oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Then you can play two real linebackers and a nickel linebacker all the time, and then you have some speed on the field with two safeties, two corners, whatever. It is what it is. I like Chubb as the pick. I think he's a great pick. I'm glad they made it because of the position they're in. But why does why does beating the fucking Jets last year, the worst team in football, then beating the Colts, the worst team in football, and then beating the Cardinals this year, the worst team in football, why is beating those three teams good enough to keep your fucking job as the head coach of the Denver Broncos? This is Listen to this. This is how crazy this is. If they make that right now they're drafting eighth if they make that kick they're drafting 17th if they would have lost against seattle they'd be drafting fourth so that just goes to show you these plays and these i mean these are shifting their draft dynamics crazy why is it such a bad thing in the nfl to just lose why? Because you were a player. What if your coach said you were going to lose? Okay, so let me put it to you like this. Did you want to rebuild, Matt? I just wanted to play, bro. <laughs> I just wanted to get checks. I just wanted to be on the team and play and get my pension. And to be completely honest with you, um, that was the number one priority. And that's everyone's fucking number one priority is to get on the team, get your pension, then get your second contract, then we'll talk about winning. Um, facts. Uh, and, and look, if you don't like that... I, don't care. I don't give a shit. The NFL is about security, and if you don't have any, it's hard to focus on getting better and winning. So You're what, always striving for the security. Okay, so what if you're locked in on a long-term deal? And then you, it's all about winning. Right, right. Then And then someone goes to you and says, hey, like we're going to rebuild. You know, we're going to Well, the, gonna I don't give a shit gotta, because I, I'm locked in long-term. I'm all about rebuilding. Usually, if you're a one- or two-year player, if you're a league minimum guy, you're not part of the fucking rebuild. We're just... Just think about the rebuild. We here. never hear that opinion from no players. No shit. No one tells players the fucking are always, truth. Spano. I know, but, but, but players are always complaining about no one wants to be involved in the rebuild. You uh, know? Look, I don't care about the rebuild because then I get to reap the benefits of rebuilding and go beat the shit out of you. Tell me that Gurley and Goff and Aaron Donald and... All these cats that have been with the Rams when they were winning two they're games a year. They're grateful for the Fisher era. I don't think they are. I think they are. I I disagree. I think they're. I think the Rams fans and the people on that team are extremely thankful for Just Fisher and all the 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 awful football that was at the end of St. Louis. You don't because without it, they don't get Goff. They don't get Gurley. They don't get Aaron Donald without being shitty. So now they're elite because they were shitty for so long and they built their team correctly and hit on their draft picks. When it comes down to it, this is I guess this is my point. In the NBA, they don't say they're going to tank, but they do it all the time. And then there's a lottery, which is horseshit. So why even tank? Just play the lottery is what it is. In the NFL, I don't have a problem with the Broncos playing young guys right now. And, and because Vance isn't coming back, they're going to restaff the entire staff. I wouldn't be surprised if they get rid of some front office people just to do it. Matt Russell's got to be on the up when it comes to a general manager job somewhere. You fucking know it's happening. Um, it's just a, it's an eventuality. It's, it's a matter of time if or, or when, not if. And I, I personally think that unless you're going to use your draft capital to move up and get one, two, or three next year so you can draft quarterback, what, what are we doing? We're, we're going for the 12th pick. We're going for the 14th pick. 
Why? Why is it? Why should we go out and strive to beat the Raiders again, and be like, "Woohoo! We beat the Raiders. We're four and ten. Like, who gives a fuck? Why? Why are we sitting here lying to ourselves, saying that each Sunday is important? It's not anymore. They are eliminated. They are not making the playoffs. They've got two really good teams in front of them in division, and they have to play the Chargers twice, plus the Steelers, plus the Browns. I mean, come on, bro. It's not happening. They're not making the fucking playoffs, so what are we doing? And then, check this out. We're talking about reloading, right? Tell me how you feel about this. On offense, <clears throat> DT's already gone. Valdir, gone. Ron Leary, gone. Paradis, gone. Um, Jordan Taylor, gone. Booker, Gone. Keenum, I don't know. We'll see. Defensively, Wolf, gone. Brandon Marshall, gone. These Stewart. are guys that you're cutting. If These you're the are GM? guys that are gone. They're gone. They're either or we're either going to cut them or are contracts up. are okay. up or so just, just the natural. This is, this is your guesses of the who's not gone. for long, you know, mantra in the NFL. I think this is what's going to happen. Stewart, gone. Um, Wow. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you, Todd Davis is back because you just re-signed him. I but mean, Peco, I would say if that's... Peco, gone. If that is the case, I mean, you're, you're the gonna, Broncos I think aren't winning anything next year. Who gives a shit? Okay, so, so I mean, look, people have got I to stop... I give a shit. The, I oh, need some people out. excited it, about this Why is it okay? <laughs> look, you if you're really a fan, you're excited about the rebuild. But you're that's lo- not, you're looking this at This town all, has never been through a rebuild. Then they, deserve, they don't deserve it then. It's not going to be as easy as drafting John Elway and being good for a de- for two decades, and then re- and then signing Peyton Manning and being good for another. It's not that fucking easy. We've got to figure out how to draft a fucking quarterback in Denver and build him up and build around him and do it like everybody else. Hard. And until we do that, yep. we're You're always right. going to be in the cycle of recycling quarterbacks and not maximizing the elite talent we have all over the goddamn field. Well, they, you know, Brock and then Paxton, I mean, those are failures. Look, those okay, failures. so the Paxton Lynch you, you thing. You missed those. Let me ask you a you question here. Those. The next time they draft a quarterback on the first, I want them to play him immediately. And unless, look, if it's next year and you got Canem for a year and you want to start Case, whatever, start him. But don't go fucking get some seventh rounder and then put him in front of your first rounder the next year and say, we got a competition. No, 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 that's just that guy's job. Why didn't they just give the reins to Paxton against Atlanta back in the day? Like, retrospectively, if you look at it, don't you think he would have benefited from just playing? I mean, he turned out – I can't imagine him being good because we saw him so but bad. But we don't know. He started four games. What is – the sample size is too small – and the more I think about this, the more I'm like, okay, look. I mean, he wasn't I saw him exactly in practice. He was terrible. By you know, visionaries. Brainiacs, I agree, <laughs> yeah. wholeheartedly. I think that I think that the media perception of Paxton Lynch destroyed him for anybody else because everybody really dogged his ass out here, myself included. I mean, he put some really bad tape out. You know look, that. Bro, he, he's I mean, not some any, of the worst no one's I've ever saying seen. He's not any good. No one's saying he's good. I'm saying that what he's done up to this point has been dog shit. No one's debating that. What I'm saying is, if you would have just let him play against Atlanta, they're not making the playoffs that year anyway. Who gives a shit? They're not making the playoffs the next year. Who gives a shit? You might as well see what you really got. Because in my opinion, Paxton Lynch is a fail slash incomplete. Because I don't really know. You want to know what, what one of the biggest issues is right now with this entire conversation? Is that 
Broncos country is anxious and ferocious and they are causing an uproar on social media and there's an ownership issue that's going on right now where there's a battle for the team and everybody Good wants point. everybody fired and everybody's under pressure to, 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 to make this look like the culture isn't going away and the tradition isn't going away. And they're in a really bad spot to need to rebuild right now. I agree. But that's what they're about to do. Because I can't watch this. We're signing veterans. We're spending money. I think we've got a chance. Oh, wait, we suck again. I, that's not productive because that is repeating the same insanity, in my opinion. It's time to draft a quarterback high. The only way to do that is to suck. I hope the Chargers beat the fuck out of us this weekend. Okay, so who... and, and look, I work with Bronco players. I, I don't want them to not be successful. I'd like it if they win every game. But let's be fucking real here. The analyst in me, the media member okay, in me. Okay, let me ask I'm you this question. Why? So- let me ask you this question. Don't don't name any names. Okay. You you have dozens of Broncos players that come through here. Yes, sir. Have you engaged in a Broncos player that has that, that you know doesn't have faith in the current yes team structure? Yes. It, it, it is is would, not not only just guys that are in here, but guys that I've just talked to. Would you say? The many Broncos that you know, would you say that the majority of the team doesn't have faith in the current situation, the way that it's the, the way the team is built? I would say that yes. Wow, See, I, that, that's, I, that's I would really say I would say that there's a lot of guys waiting for the shoe to drop. And bro, this is some real truth here. You're not going to get this from anybody else. No one else is going to be this honest. Yeah, you know, for guys like, what do you tell? When you're rebuilding, what do you tell a guy work. like Chris Harris Jr. Work. and Von Miller? Be a good veteran. And you say, "Hey, listen, it's, this is gonna this is gonna be a tough year well, for you okay, guys." Okay, so look, it's already a tough fucking year. We're sp- Vance walked in last year, and the first thing he says was, "We have Super Bowl caliber talent, and we're we're reloading for a Super Bowl run." And then they went five and eleven. They lost eight in a row. This year, they're three and six. All because they didn't have the quarterback. Not okay, all. Okay. A lot because they well they have, have a quarterback. quarterback this year. What's the problem? Yeah, and you know what the fans all are, you know want to say? Well, Keenum sucked. It, you, it's you, not Keenum. It's like Keenum didn't suck last it's year. The fucking play calling. Like in in Minnesota last year, Pat Shermer said, "Okay, I got Case Keenum, and what I'm going to do with Case Keenum and run the fucking shit out of the ball, right? Over to, play to the point where they have to put nine guys in the fucking box, and then we're going to play action over the top, so it's all one on one. He's going to destroy the middle of the field and be really, really, really productive. This year, the Broncos run the ball to get to the fifty, and the minute they get to the fifty, they go three fucking wide and they try to air it out to score points because they have this stupid idea." And I think it's ridiculous. The stupid idea that, well, you throw the ball in the NFL to score. Oh, my God. In a league where all you do is throw the fucking rock, okay? All you do is throw the rock and rush the passer, and everybody's trying to rush the passer all the time. If you are the team that commits to the run, you're going to win games. You're going to be in every game, too. Look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks have a huge talent deficiency on their team. Huge. They don't have a, a number one receiver. I know angry Doug Baldwin is a dude, but he's a, a two or a three on another team. Facts. It, Russell Wilson. He's, he's not even that on some teams. Maybe, facts. Russell Wilson's a stud, but he's doing everything. Their offensive line is leaky as shit. Super leaky, but they can fucking run the ball. 
They ran the ball for close to 300 yards at the Rams, and I swear if a Russell Wilson just takes off, they score on that drive. Those play actions, too, are so hard to cover. He's incredible off play action. And look, that's oh exactly what Case chills. should be doing, bro. Russell off play Case action. Keenum should be, should be supported with 50 running plays a game. I don't want to hear this, well, the rest of the league's throwing the ball over the field, so we're going to throw the ball over the field. At some point, you just got to be you. And right. every team I've ever seen, the it, when the Denver Broncos are winning Super Bowls, they run the football. Even Peyton Manning's year, the year that they went there and got hammered by the Seahawks, right. they couldn't run the ball consistently. How many and times this, that and year? And this leads to how many times that year that we say they can't even get a fucking yard on third and fourth down with no Sean? Every every game almost. And then when they went to the Super Bowl, they couldn't do anything but pass, and Seattle shut them down. And then when they went back to play Carolina, C.J. Anderson was the bell cow for that team as the as the year went on. They did everything off the run. So why in the hell can't we look at the same success and go, okay, in Minnesota they were successful doing this. Why are we why are we out here trying to outsmart everybody? Right. And and it's not that difficult. Just play the game the right way. And 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 here's the thing is is when you are calling plays like that, you know what happens is they have no identity. They they don't they don't even know who they are. And I think that um, when you, whenever you look at, and this is always a funny thing because, you know, we talk about identities and it's something that the media brings up and, and you hear about it and you wonder, well, what the hell is an identity? And what it is, guys, is it's a group of players that are confident in being able to do something. And I think that confidence, and, and, and I know you'll agree. 100%. It, confidence is everything. It's everything. When you look at the greatest athlete, when you look at guys, you know, coaches that that, that change players, what happened? Well, this guy's playing with confidence all look of a sudden. Look at Phil Lindsay. Quarterbacks that play with confidence. Look at Phil Lindsay. Absolutely. Pure swag and confidence. Absolutely. Oh, you don't want to draft me? Fuck you. I'm going to make it anyway. And that's what I, I – when you have an identity on offense, when you say this is who we are, that's what creates confidence. Right now, they don't who know they? who they are. Who, who are, are they? they? Who are, are, what, what do are, we do? Are we a what great do we do running, well? Are we a great you running know? team? Yes. What do we go to when 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 shit gets down and and we just turn the ball over and we're down by ten? Bootleg. It, what do we do? Bootleg. Who are we? Bootleg. You know. Just bootleg. And it's like. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. Until they develop a true identity, they're never going to be ultimately successful. The Raiders lack identity. The Broncos lack identity. The Chiefs and the Chargers both have identity. They're really good. The Raiders and the Broncos are not. Although I think there is a ton of talent on Denver's team, I, I also think that there's a there's a big gap in the communication between the coaches and the players, in my opinion. And if I hear we had a good practice one more time, I'm going to fucking lose it. I don't care if you have good practice in, anymore. It's not translating. And And some of the mistakes that we see are coaching mistakes. The players can only be in a position, just like I d- when everyone criticizes Elway about his drafts and bringing people in. What do you want him to do? Go out there and like and ta- take the steps for Garrett Bowles? Is he supposed to go teach Garrett how to play tackle? How much more opportunity is he supposed to give this kid? I mean, right. Jesus. You know, I I I, I heard um, I listened to sometimes on NFL radio on Sirius. Um, I listened to uh, Sean O'Hara's on there, and there's another lineman on there. And, um, you know, they had this old O-line coach. This guy sounded like he was about to die any second. And, um, <laughs> and so, oh, so, shit. so I, I, I want to get your opinion on this. I've been thinking about this ever since I heard it, Matt. And, and what the statement was, was that great linemen are 
when they talk about drafting and finding offensive linemen and being able to, to create great linemen, they they described guys that were very intelligent, that were kind of this this different brand of, of guy. Um, you know, a little crazy. Yeah, but 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 they talked about a guy that could really handle that, that was very intelligent, and um, you know, had all these different nuances. And I was just listening to it, and I was thinking, man, that definitely doesn't sound like Garrett Bowles to me. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, facts. We did this thing, and I I hate to just sit here and talk crap about a guy, but you it's, know, it's not you're not talking crap. All you're doing is telling the truth. We had this. Uh, we do this uh, this podcast called the fifty two the fifty three, and. Um, Cortland Sutton was, uh, uh, or, or not Cortland Sutton, uh, who's the other kid, the, the other receiver from Utah? Hamilton. No, no, no. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. They had Tim Phone's Patrick. Phone's ringing, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> they had Tim, Where are you going, dude? Tim Patrick. Home, Donnie. Uh, and, and so uh, Ryan's talking to Garrett Bowles about Tim Patrick. Garrett, we have about two minutes of audio of him, and I mean, I'm telling you, this has got to be the dumbest son of a bitch. Oh. And, I mean, this guy... I'm I'm this fucking guy. I'm telling you, <laughs> I mean, this guy, if I don't know if this guy knows how to tie his shoes. Look, I, I think Garrett could be really good if he would just allow people to help him. That's all. Just put down your ego and say, I don't know. And you'll be really good. I'm telling you, that's most NFL players. If they just allow people to help them, they usually turn out pretty well. All right, so we're going to bring you in our... You think you can take a... Real quick. What? You think you can take a guy yes. that's just this kind of real hard-headed, uh, you know, run-blocking, like, is, you know... Look at let me just McGovern, bro. Let me just run at you and... Do yeah, I but, but Carter McGovern's like an articulate guy. Me, like, yeah, but like, he can time handle... Out. Time he out. Handle. Connor didn't dress a game as a, as a rookie. Everybody thought he couldn't play. Clancy Barone was trying to develop him by, just go be tough. No, it, it takes a lot more than that. As a guy who played both ways, I had to teach myself how to play offense. That's why I'm so good teaching it in here. I think Bowles is nothing but tough. I think Bowles, if he would just allow me to help him or stink <laughs> to help him or LaCharles Bentley in Arizona to help him or Willie Anderson in Georgia to help him or Prime in Georgia to help him or Duke Merriweather in Dallas or Andre Durad, I don't care. Go Kyle, Kyle Turley down in, in Diego who consequently runs NeuroXPF.com. Check it out. If he, just, if he picks up his, his phone this offseason and allows somebody to help him, he's going to be a fucking monster, period. Well, I mean, he's got the physical but tools. But the reason he struggles all the time is because he's overthinking everything because he doesn't have an answer. He's not getting answers from the Broncos. They're proposing more questions. They're trying to reinvent the wheel when all they need to do is change his hands, change his set pattern, and get him confident. Period. So, that said, uh, my man Andre is going to come on now, and he was in here last week uh, helping me with the board because I'm a caveman. And uh, it was a great interview. We're going to bring him in now and uh, talk some more Broncos for you, and then we'll get you out of here in Spanner. We're going to finish on the buffs. It is my pleasure to bring in my brother Andre Simone from bsndenver.com, the man who cuts up all these podcasts and makes us sound professional and makes us sound good. Uh, he's in studio here at Six Zero Strength uh, and Fitness at Six Zero Studios, getting down, talking Broncos, talking Buffs, talking college football. Yeah. And uh, Andre's now in studio with us, and uh, he's got some questions for the big guy. And I'm more than happy to answer them because I'm always the one asking questions here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Andre, my man, welcome to Six Zero Studios. What's good? Thank you, Matt, for having me. Yeah, this is really exciting. I've been uh, 
I've been with you since the Mile High Truth podcast. I think that yeah, Joel Dreesen. Way back, bro. I know. I think that Joel Dreesen show where you guys broke down the Rocky Mount Showdown is still one of my favorite podcasts ever. Any network, all time. Yeah, that was fun. That was definitely a good time. And, and, and look, you know, it, it's your first time at 6-0. It's first time at 6-0 Studios. What do you think, bro? Dude, I love it. That's I mean, sick, isn't it? this studio is amazing. Love the gym. I, I can't believe this. You, uh... You know, you've got it going on. You've got a pretty sweet setup here, Matt. We, we try. We try. So w- what's on your mind there, big guy? Well, I always, I'm always, i always interested in trench play, you know, and uh, I watch a ton of film. I do all our stats in-house and everything, but I don't have the insights that you have. I mean, frankly, few people have the insights you have. You played both sides of the ball in the NFL in a Power 5 division. You train these guys. You train pro athletes. You train high school athletes. You train college athletes. You prepare them for the draft. I mean, few people know their stuff like you do. So I've got, I've got a bunch of questions, and we're going to focus on the trenches first and foremost, but I've got a few more for you, too. Let's do it. For starters, I want to know, am I off in thinking that the Broncos' O-line is a bit of a mishmash? You've got guys like Paredes and Bulls who are ideally suited for a zone scheme. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just a, a plebeian. And then guys like Leary, McGovern, Valdir, even Garcia, who are more of a, a power man kind of ad- adapted for that. And like is a that part scheme. of the strugglings we're seeing? Uh, I think that... Everybody on the offensive line, they've been in so many different schemes in their lives. I don't think that it really matters whether it's zone or gap, power scheme. Uh Right. Um, I think every single team runs a ton of zone inside and outside and a ton of power and counter and trap and wham and different concepts. The issue I have with the Broncos running game is the inconsistency in the play calling. Mm -hmm. If they were to run the ball – 35 40 times a game and i know that's old school football but who gives a shit that's the that's what this team is built for yeah losing leary hurts on the Mm -hmm. the achilles leary's a guy i've worked with here many times part Mm -hmm. of the dungeon family it sucks seeing him go down yeah he's a point of attack bruiser yes paradis losing him is huge i mean mcgovern can step in and play the position just fine i agree i thought he played better at center last week than he did at right guard the last couple and the center always has help so that's always a good thing for him too but he he filled in really well for for matt p last year Mm -hmm. when matt was coming off the the hip surgeries right so he has a lot of experience and he's worked his ass off in this room you know day in and day out for almost three years now getting ready for his opportunity he was ready for it at guard. He'll be ready for it at center. I think he's a little bit more athletic than Paradis at the point of attack in center, but you oh, yeah. lose the experience part. So yeah. I know that Vance came out and said that Keenum's going to take over the fronts and the points. He doesn't need to. Right. He doesn't need to. Just right. let Connor do the fronts and the points. He knows what he's doing. Don't put more on four's plate. Look, do I think that they can change the scheme to help themselves? At times, yes. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to play calling. You protect Garrett Bowles by not throwing the ball forty times a game because he he's yeah. so repetitive yeah. in his in his in his set patterns and his hands and people can find a way to beat him on tape and they do. The right. same thing with Max right. Garcia; he's a liability at times. So, yeah. it, it, honestly, everybody's been a liability at times yeah. because of the play calling. Right. I, I personally believe that an offensive line and an offensive line unit can only be as good as the offensive coordinator is humble. Because if the offensive coordinator thinks he has Brett Favre and Terrell Owens and Jerry Rice and you know and Roger Craig, right. then they're going to try and do things that they're not built to do. Now, 
if they would just play their game, mm-hmm. if they would just feed the ball to Lindsey and Freeman, put Janovich back, even put Janovich in the power, who cares? Put yeah. put a you bet. put a tight end in front of him and run power football with 32. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you think he's slow, he's not. He's a bruiser. Right. You've got good good big tight ends. You've got depth in the run blocking scheme. I mean, your backup center now is Sam Jones. He was in here this morning grinding. Yeah. And he's an unbelievably good run player. He that's what got him drafted. Absolutely. Billy Turner's a good run player. I mean, he can play guard and tackle. I'm surprised that they're putting Elijah above Billy there, but I, I've got Same. a conspiracy theory on that too. They may just not want to pay Billy because he's going to have a high price tag after this year. Well, and tackles are making sweet money these days, and, and they should. Honestly, I, I work with Billy too, and, and Billy's a the consummate pro. He's always got his nose to the stone, mm-hmm. trying to get better. There's two kind of pros in the NFL, all right? There's not-for-long pros, yep. and there's NFL pros. There's right. guys that are trying to build a foundation for themselves to make money and, and extend their career and play as long as they can because they love it. And there's guys that are not-for-long pros who are just here to play until the coaches tell them they can't anymore, and they'll right. take what they made and move on because they just like it. Right. So it, it's real. It becomes a job. When it becomes a job, things change. And that, that's, yeah. you know, that, that's a different conversation for a different day, but – I think that if you look at the Bronco offensive line, it's pretty easy to figure out which guys love football and which guys like it because they're good. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> those are good insights. And I think Bulls does well when you put them out in space. That's where you see that like four eight, four nine athleticism, which yeah, is what got him drafted in the first round. If you get him in the screen game or you get him out where he's running and, and, right. and, and trying to – you know, block corners and safeties. He's pretty athletic. Yeah, totally. What really, and I'm going to put this on the top six tomorrow. They'll be, it'll be up on bsndenver.com. Allie's going to cut them up tomorrow, but. Yeah, if you haven't seen those. The top six is awesome. I, I, you guys will do a better job of pushing it than me. All I'm doing is talking, but tomorrow, the first play I'm going to do is the first play of the game. Uh-huh. First play of the game offensively uh-huh. for the Broncos. They yeah. run zone left. I can't remember if it's Clowney or Watt on Bowles, but I think it's Watt. And he drives him okay. five yards in the backfield yeah. and stops the progression of the offensive line. It's a one-yard gain or a one-yard loss, one of the two. And that can't I happen. I believe it's a loss. Brother, we're running behind you on the first play of the game, which is scripted, which you knew the fir- that was going to be the first play all week. You yep. knew Watt was going to line up on you on a four or five technique. Right. And everybody said, okay, Bowles, you're supposed to be this big surly prick. Yeah. You're supposed to be this mover. Your inside right. hand's supposed to be right. strong. Yeah. Well, brother, you can't get put for f- five yards in the backfield and have everything mound up behind you like a traffic stop, and yeah. then the ball stops. Yeah. I mean, it, look – I thought that Houston's defensive line would beat the shit out of us up front, and they did. Um, <laughs> yeah. They did. They they yeah. beat the shit out of us. Uh, and that's and, a great D-line. And I mean, they still had an opportunity to fucking win. Damn straight. You know, they they should have won, I mean, frankly. There, there's five games, Andre, where I'm looking at them and going, how the fuck did you guys lose these games? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Both the Kansas City games should have been won. The Jet, I don't care what anybody says to me. The Jet game. It's just them not showing up. I know they got shit stomped, mm-hmm. but there's no way the Jets are a better team than the Broncos. If oh. the Broncos play them at home, they probably shut them out like yep. they did last year. Yeah, and they just weren't ready. And then the the Ram game and the Texan game are going to sit in my crawl forever. Yeah. yeah, and it comes down to this: we can talk about the trench, we can talk about personnel, Case Keenum's inadequacies as a starter. We can talk about Elway and who he brings in. Right, right. When it comes down to it. One possession football games are won or lost with your head coach and the decisions that he makes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really true. Period. Yep. 
How in the fuck does VJ still have a job, Andre? Yeah, I What know. is it going to take for this guy to get fired? I like VJ. I right. don't want him to get fired. Right. No, I agree. I love him. I don't. I, I love the hire, mm-hmm. but, I mean, hell. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm of this mindset, and now I'm asking questions again. That's how it works. <laughs> they don't have anybody on the coaching staff roster to take the job over, number one. Yep, agreed. Number two, I think they want a top three pick to get a quarterback. And what's the best way to ensure the Broncos lose? Yeah. Keep I mean, Vance. You think that you think that's the move is yeah. trying to tank and Fucking keep Vance? Yes. That's keep, interesting. Keep Vance, lose. It all go all the blame goes on him. Right. You keep right. Joe Ellis, Matt Russell, and, and John Elway. They get a top three pick. Mm-hmm. They 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 pick Herbert or Haskins, Drew Locke or right. whoever the fuck. Right. And you put him behind Case Keenum for a year. Yeah. And you just had a the fifth pick is a defensive end in Chubb, who's going to be a superstar. Yeah. And yeah. another year developing with him. And then all of a sudden, you're pulling what the L.A. Rams pulled, where they stockpiled three sure. or four years of one number one picks that all hit. Right. And then they got free agents that wanted to come because mm-hmm. all the young guys are good. Right. And then you go out and find an, a young, offensive-minded head coach yeah. that can get these guys motivated, and you go get a veteran defensive coordinator. That is the model that's winning in the NFL, and if the Broncos don't follow it, they're going to continue to struggle. we got to stop throwing shit against the wall and and thinking it's going to stick. Yeah, now the complex part of that is, for one, got to find a guy who's willing to take a backseat on personnel decisions because Elway's there, and that complicates things a little. Do you think Elway needs to, for example, if they were to bring in Mike McCarthy Mm -hmm. or they were to bring in uh, Kyle Shanahan? Right. I mean, I, right. he's not going to get fired in, yeah, in San agreed. Francisco, but agreed. whatever. Right. They bring in uh, just whoever, uh, the next Josh McDaniel. I wish Josh didn't come here first. Yeah, no kidding. Because now he'd, it be just, ideal. He, he'd be a great – and I played for Josh. I understand that he's an awful coach in Bronco history, but he's not as bad as Vance. He's just not – he was yeah. a he was really bad at managing things. Yeah. He was an unbelievable offensive mind, unfucking believable right. offensive right. mind. He turned Kyle Orton into a pro mm-hmm. bowler. Absolutely. So, gave Brandon I, Marshall some of his best years. Yeah, man. You know? I, I think that, and he was an equal opportunity coach too, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I think Josh was just ahead. He was just hired too early. That's not going to happen, obviously. Right. And given too much power, way too say. much. Yeah. So, does John need to relinquish some of the power too? Does he need to have somebody that's not? The, the misconception is that Matt and, and Matt Russell and Joe Ellis are yes men. They're not. Yeah. I, I think that there's a whole lot of give and take in that room upstairs. Right. Yeah, the final word comes down to seven. Yeah. But I, I, I asked Bronco Country this, and I'll ask you this, Andre. Who else do you want to run the organization exactly? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, who, who could do a better job absolutely. than John Elway trying right. to make sure the Broncos win? And why doesn't he get credit for all the winning that happened? Like, well, Peyton Manning just came here. No, Peyton Manning fucking came here because of John. Absolutely. One of the best recruiters in the entire NFL. So that goes without saying. It, it, are, is this going to be a three-year lull? Could be, and that happens sometimes. You're right? damn right, it happens. The only team it doesn't happen to is New England because right. they have Tom Brady, right, and Belichick, and 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 Pittsburgh because they have Roethlisberger. Yeah. This is my point. Go draft your future quarterback. Yeah, you missed with Paxton. Hard. Everybody misses. It's okay. Yeah, Paxton missed. John didn't. Right. Paxton had so many fucking opportunities, bud. You look, 
as a competitor and as a guy who's a fully vested veteran in this league and played both ways, I, I got moved from defense to offense in a day. They said, you've got a week to figure this out, figure it out, or you're cut. Yeah, I, I have no sympathy for Paxton Lynch. You're a fucking first-round pick. They gave you every opportunity to be successful, and you didn't take advantage of it. That's Absolutely. not John's fault. Yeah, if totally. anything, he's guilty of hanging on too long. Probably. And you know what? At the end of the day, they gave other guys the starting job. They didn't play this. I, I wish know, they would have played him. I do too. Like I, I, I wish that I wish back they in the day, the offense for him as when well. they when they were playing against Atlanta and they gave him that start two years ago, uh-huh. and he didn't play terrible, and the they'll, Broncos could have won, and it, right. it turned out Atlanta was a Super Bowl team that year. Yeah, yeah, and Phenomenal honestly, should have won. Yeah. To be honest with you, I think that that's the only point where I can look at it and go, "That's a pretty shitty decision right there." Where you should have just kept him and just played him and just ran with it, because right. uh, then you at least would have known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think his confidence wasn't shot because later on in his career, he was missing throws that I know Paxton would have made in his sleep. Throws that were his bread and butter. I remember one read option, I think a year ago, um, where he's got a wide receiver wide open in a one-on-one situation to the right sideline, and he just misses it. And those are throws that time after time at Memphis he was making – you know, they were truly his bread and butter throws, and he was just screwing it up. And, you know, I, I think his confidence was just shot, and how they handled him just didn't work out. And I don't that's think he had issue. any confidence when he came in, though. Yeah. No, I, I think mean, that deep right. down, he didn't really want to be a first-round quarterback. Like, he didn't want to work for it. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I think that day, when right? he – there's there's two guys that are that are picked in the NFL. There's – especially first-rounders, in my opinion, because yeah. there's so much pressure on them. Right. There's first rounders that are picked and they go, yep, I'm a first rounder. Yep. That's me. That's mm-hmm. Vaughn. That's Chubb. That's Patrick Peterson. Yeah. That's yeah. Deshaun Watson. That's JJ mm-hmm. Watt. Yep. And then there's motherfuckers like Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. Who are picked and deep down inside they're going, oh shit, I just got picked and now everybody expects something from me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I'm not, look, do I want to put Paxton in the same boat as Jamarcus? No, but I'm going to. I'm going to put I'm going to put uh, the kid from Washington that Tennessee picked so many years ago. What Jake was Locker, Jake, yeah. I'm going to put him in that boat. You know, I, I can't help it. Pick if you're in front of JJ, yeah, man. If you're a quarterback <laughs> in this league and you get drafted in the first round, you have all. If you're a player in this league and you get drafted in the first round and you have all that opportunity and you don't make it work. Right. You're a mental cripple. It yeah. is not physical. It yeah. is all mental. You're a mental cripple. You did not prepare for the NFL correctly, and now you're sitting at fucking home. Right. That's why 35, 40% of the league is undrafted. Yep. Yep. Because we, we walk in as an undrafted guy. Phil Lindsay, a guy I worked with here at 6 0, mm-hmm. who I just got off the phone with right when you pulled up. I was yeah. on the phone with him talking about how we're going to get in this week and do our pass protection work. Nice. It's bad. It's a fucking bye week, yep. and he's yep. in here trying to work. It's the bye right. week, and the guys are in here at seven a.m. this morning trying to work. Right. So th- there's that. That's the two kind of cats in the NFL. Yep. There's those who are happy that they're here and just want to stay until the coaches tell them to leave, and those who are not going to leave until you escort them off on a stretcher or they have to retire due to one hundred percent injury risk, like myself. Right. And injuries are unpredictable. 
but character is so hard to evaluate it until is. you have your it's hands on them and they're in the trenches. But then again, why don't they just throw them on the board and say Paxton 11 mm-hmm. under Sam Stat cover one fence, show it a robber, show us a pirate move by the defense. How do right. we protect it with 60 protection? How do you run Sally power one back power left off of it and then get up there and articulate it all to your team? If he can't do it, at the combine, he's not just going to pick it up. Right, right. I mean, we can teach it to you all day, but it's not like it's that hard. Right. And I, I have to assume to some extent they have done that with him, well, right? He, you would imagine. I mean, is he just good at pretending? But is there's he, only did he, so did much Did he get really pretend? good coaching for the interview? Could be. Maybe. Right. I mean, it, I hate to say it, but i want guaranteed contracts in the nfl but i don't at the same time yeah I know. because if you give guaranteed contracts to yeah. turds you're going to turn into the nba really quick <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. dead serious yeah. bro you're going to have six teams that are good and you're going to have 24 teams or whatever 26 teams that suck yeah. right right yeah which you would that are just not have. that are just hampered by awful contracts uh-huh. and that they have to play fuckface from wherever they drafted him from who can't play right but they have to ride with them because they have so much money invested yep. in them yeah and they're trading to get rid of that player they're trading a first rounder yeah. and the player so to for get nothing out, to get return. out of trouble right they right. have to get themselves even <laughs> deeper in trouble right it doesn't make sense yeah and to be an nba fan you kind of need an accounting degree sometimes because <laughs> it gets so complex <laughs> you need some shit. shit so I know there's a lot of hate out there for Vance Joseph, and I'm not sure many people are able to articulate what Vance is doing wrong. You are one of those few people who could articulate that. From a just an X's and O's standpoint, uh, a coaching standpoint, what is it that he's getting wrong? What is it? Where has he gone wrong and led to these last two losing seasons? I know it's a complex question, and there's lots uh, of factors. No, I don't right? think there's lots of factors. I don't. I think it's really, really simple. I think it's consistent message Okay. that's wrong. Yeah. Stop saying that you're having good practices. Yep. One time, go on the media and say, we looked like shit. Mm-hmm. I'm very disappointed in the veteran right. leadership. I don't think we're preparing correctly. Right. And start using the media as a medium to yep. get to your team instead of instead of being a player's coach and being their friends. Yeah. Fuck friends. Right. I am not this is not the National Friend League. This is the <laughs> National Football League. Yeah. I'm not trying to be your friend. Right. I want to win so we can stay here. I like playing for the Broncos, right. but the two years I was here we sucked. Yeah. And there's a reason no one's back because we sucked. Right. No one wants players back from teams that sucked. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, that's right. I mean, next year, everybody, every veteran on that team, you go down the roster, yeah. and I'd say two out of every three vets are gone because Vance gone, and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they are on rebuild rather than reload. Yep, exactly. The worst thing he ever did was walk in and say, we have a championship roster right now. The minute he said that, he started pounding nails in his own coffin. Yeah, fair. And and look, we talked about it at the beginning of this. It's ego. Who can shelf it? Yeah. And it's he didn't even know he was having it. He didn't know he was egotistical at that moment. He was right. just going right. off what he's seen yeah. and going off what he's heard in the league that the Broncos are ready to win now. That's the that's what I thought was going to happen when he got 
the job. The Broncos can win now. They're bringing in a player's coach, a leader of men. They're going to respond right. to him and go play. Right. Okay. Yep. This is how I think it should run. Yes, they had Gary Kubiak and John Fox, who are players' coaches, but they had Peyton fucking Manning, who was the coach. Don't get it twisted. And he held everybody to such a fucking level of accountability. And DeMarcus Ware did the same thing. Mm -hmm. He held Vaughn in check. Mm -hmm. Okay? So if you had those kind of guys on the team, you have Vaughn or you have Ware on one side, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, keeping everybody accountable. He can even walk up to Tlaib and say, shut the fuck up, 21, do your job. And Tlaib will say, yes, sir. Right. Peyton's the same guy on the other side. Yeah. When you have weak leadership at the head coaching position from a from a rough and gruff getting your grill standpoint, not yeah. from an X's and O's standpoint. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Foxy's a great fucking defensive coach and did a great job for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Kubiak won a Super Bowl. No one's talking shit about Gary. He's one of the best ever. Yeah. I'm saying they're not getting your face, getting your grill, and demand you do things correctly, Tyson. Yes. Yeah, totally. And when you lose those cats. Right you lose a part of your team because everybody else, if they were that guy, you wouldn't have to sign Ware and and Peyton. Right, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. So not only do I think it's the head coaching and and some of those decisions, but it's losing Peyton fucking Manning and DeMarcus Ware and T.J. Ward and Tlaib and God knows how many other guys. Yeah, You can't just – I understand that you want to replace everybody through the draft, but uh, come on, guys. I mean, uh, let's be real here. That's an excuse. Yeah. Because the fucking Patriots shuffle out like eight of their ten draft mm-hmm. picks a year. They don't even fuck with them. They just mm-hmm. move them down the road. Right. Because they're stable at other positions. Right. So don't tell me that every good team has to have all their draft picks hit. That's bullshit. Yeah, no. And actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. Every team is made up of a mix of free agents and draft picks. And other people's picks. Absolutely. Cast-offs that work for you that didn't work for them. Well, and that's the Patriot way. More that's than draft damn is straight it is because cast-offs. they are stable at other mm-hmm. spots. Yeah. They, no, yeah. There's no fuck around. Right. Now, right. there's a ton of fuck around at, at UC Health right now. Uh-huh. People can walk in and do their own thing, and there's a standard that's written on the wall. Right. But nobody's living by it in the building. Uh-huh. And the leaders, uh, the leaders are more example leaders than vocal. Right. Look, what Vaughn was vocal one time yeah. and they scored 45 points and looked unstoppable. Yeah. 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 And yeah, and he wasn't really vocal again. Why isn't he like that every weekend? Uh, I know. He's the best player in the fucking yeah. world at his position. Uh-huh. Brother, you can walk out and say, "I am going to put my dick on the the forehead of the left tackle this weekend. He ain't going to do shit about it and we're going to run these motherfuckers into the ground." And the entire team will be like, "Okay." Let's go. <laughs> right. Because I'm telling right. you, when I heard him say we're going to kick the ass, I was like, God damn right, Vaughn, let's go. Yeah. And I don't even play. Right, right. So you really think it's more than game management, halftime adjustments. It's all mental. Anything schematic. Everything It's is really mental. the leadership yes. that he's brought. Good. If and you, a lack you of win, accountability. You win or lose in the National Football League because of leadership. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. And the ability to call people. And have them react correctly. Leaders get reactions like this. You're not doing a good enough job. If you don't pick it up, I'm going to replace you. Right. Yes, sir. I want to do better for us. Right. Okay? Guys who are telephone tough guys that aren't real leaders and can't vocalize it. And they can only lead by example. Not that that's a bad thing, but you better have some vocal leaders on your team at some point. Yeah, fair. They call people out and the guy gets offended. Right. He gets offended, the guy that's getting called out, because he doesn't believe the guy calling him out is worthy to call him. Right. Period. 
So until you have guys in the room that are willing to stand up and say, mm-hmm. fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, fuck you, I'm out, <laughs> it, you're going to have this break. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, at the NFL, it takes so much commitment, so much consistency, so much attention to detail to be a great team week in, week out. Amen. That, you know, if you're not doing those things, it's easy to fall by the wayside. Amen to that. All right, so great job by Andre. Good questions. Nice little competitive banter back and forth. Bronco talk, NFL talks a wrap. Um, remember to check out Victory Insoles at VictoryGear.com. Check out NeuroXPF at NeuroXPF.com. And, of course, WearBands at WearBand.com. Thank you to all of our sponsors here on McChesney Unchained. Hey, before we jump in real yes, quick, sir. Who is your, who's, your, who's coming out of the AFC this year? Who, who's your pick? Uh, I think the AFC title game is... Shit, man. It looks like it's... I think it's going... I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm going to pick Tennessee at New England. I think Kansas City is going to lose because that's what they do. So you think they'll lose at home? That's what they do. Until look, look, bro. Until I know you're do, a Kansas until City they guy. don't. That's what they do in Kansas City. No, until fine. you can win a fucking playoff game right. at, with at home, I can't pick you to win a playoff game at home. Hey, I agree. Hey, it's the, the last, until like, you don't. That's years, what you do. Exactly, I got it. Period. I got it. Um, in the NFC, I think you're going to get Saints Rams, unless unless the Bears can pull this out. I think Trubisky's really good. And the Bears look good, but I think they're still a year away. I think they're going to lose in the playoffs in the first round, even if I think they'll play in the wild card round. So I think New Orleans and, and the L.A. will get the buys there, and they'll probably end up being pretty successful. If you Look, going to New Orleans is going to be a tall task. Anybody that wants to go to New Orleans and try and win there, that's going to be pretty tough, in my opinion. So They're probably the top team in football. I would love to see Kansas City, New Orleans in the fucking Super Bowl. I think that would be an absolute just barn burner, bro. I look. I'm my mindset's changing. I don't. I don't think it's possible to play good defense anymore. So let's go score fifty fucking points a game. I could give a shit about the defensive numbers. I don't care. How, I care about points allowed, red zone defense, and sacks. That's and turnovers. That's it. Yardage means dick. Right. I don't yardage give a shit nothing. what the yardage says. Really does. We could be thirty-two in yards and be the best defense in football. Yep. Who gives a shit? You could. Yep. All right. So talking about football. All right. Uh, CSU went and got absolutely killed by Nevada. We're gonna uh, do CSU talk. No, this? I just okay. you think Bobo's gone in four Collins? I mean, I don't know how. Oh, he, he has I don't, to. Be. I don't know how he can survive. Oh, although they did be. extend him, so the only reason they would keep him around in my opinion, I like money. Mike, but I think they're keeping him around to save money. If you they know do. what they did? That you know what's really uh, just real quick yeah. on CSU. Uh, that, you know, this whole just, you know, uh, grab these JUCO guys and get these transfers. And you kind of have this team of a bunch, bunch of, of misfits. Yeah, a bunch of guys that don't really fit together. They don't no, look they like don't. a team. They all look like they're kind of you on know, their own thing. CSU and, and CU, if they want to be really good moving forward, doing? build a fucking fence around your state. <laughs> You're I don't want a little passionate. I don't want to hear any of this. We can't win with Colorado kids. Go look at the Colorado kids that have left Colorado and tell me you uh, can't win. Go look at the go Colorado the kid McCaffrey that just guys. busted your ass yeah, at Folsom Field from Pomona. Exactly. So the bus lose thirty-one to seven. If CSU and CU really want to competitive, be competitive, they got to keep their their home guys at home, and then they can't lose some of these games that they've lost. CSU's a shit show. I don't know what they're going to do in Fort Collins. I don't really care. At least just recruit. Why, yeah, why doesn't Bobo? Why can't he just recruit? Look, there, and there bring are guys there in. are at least five guys off the top of my head right now that they should absolutely be recruiting in Fort Collins. They're not. And that's a travesty. Just walk in the room, bro, and I'll help you find recruits. I've got five more Aiden Collins, the Palmer Ridge pass rusher that's committed to them. 
And be careful. You better keep massaging Aiden or you're going to lose him too, just like you lost Spencer Lovell last year to Arizona State. Period. Why did CU lose Max, by the way? Because he doesn't, I guarantee you, Max doesn't think that CU is going to use him the same way that Mike Leach is. That period, no, the same no. thing I like mean, Dan Hawkins you, right. telling fucking Christian McCaffrey that he's a safety. <laughs> like, we're going to move you to safety. Be like, later, bro. I'm a professional running back. I'm out. Uh, we'll put it like this. Bust lose 31-7. to I don't think Washington State is really that good. I just think the Pac-12 is very average. Um, they've lost five games in a row. There's a report out today that Coach Mack is getting fired at the end of the year. That has been rebuttaled. Brian Howell is on from Buff Zone here in, in a minute, and you'll hear his take on this. Although, although in two weeks it could be the news. I will listen. I will say this. I wasn't surprised when I saw it. Listen, I you know I Ryan Konigsberg is my partner and our Broncos beat guy, but he's as tight in as tapped into Boulder on the, as anybody. Yep. And he's been telling me for a couple weeks he doesn't think that that uh, uh, McIntyre is going to make it through the season. Now that's not reporting that a guy is going to get no, fired. That's talking, right, right, right. That's opinion, right, right, right. But but I mean it's it's an educated opinion. It and, is. And uh, look, I, I think I, everybody I around it, it feels morning. like McIntyre should be fired. When, when McIntyre I, when I, should be fired, he, Matt. I. I agree. I, mean, I hope you agree with I that. I agree. No, no one's disagreeing with that. I, I like Coach Mack as a man. I think he's done a good job rebuilding that place to at least respectability, kind of. <laughs> when you're 5-0 and and you win in Lincoln and you beat your rivals and you, you beat Arizona State, who's probably going to win the South, and you do it in the way they did it, you lose that SC in Washington, okay. You could have won the games, but you lost and you played hard. I can, I can live with that. Then you the, there's two quarters this year that are really going to stick with me forever. The fourth quarter of Oregon State where they gave up 24 points, which is unfucking believable to me because Coach Mack is nice and he won't step on anybody's throat. That's a fact. And then the second quarter of Arizona where they were up 10-0 going into the second quarter, rolling, and Arizona scored 26 points in the second quarter. So that's 24 points against Arizona or Oregon State in the fourth quarter. And then another seven in overtime is 31 and about – 18 minutes, and then there's 26 points in another 15-minute quarter at Arizona, and they get blown out of that game. Then to come back and lose like this to Washington State 31-7, I'm sorry, but I hate to say this, and I love Coach Shiv, I love Coach Adams, and I'm really tight with a lot of those guys. There's a lot of Dungeon family on the roster up there. If you don't play them, what do you expect? If you want a big, surly, nasty offensive line, Play Hunter Vaughn, play Heston Page, play Jake Moretti, start Austin Johnson as a true freshman Isn't Moretti next year. Injured? Hasn't he been he's injured dressed. pretty much his whole life? Seems like. If he's dressed and he's on the roster and the depth chart, why is he not playing? If he's injured, get him healthy. But, yeah, he had a bad knee injury that, you know, got him. he's at CU because it happens, and I think he'll be a really good player moving forward, but we'll see. Um, I think there needs to be a big-time – I mean, we, we saw... There's, they've got to look at themselves in the mirror and stop talking tough and start being tough. You've got to stop saying the pride and tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted to the timid of the week and then go out and be timid and weak. Knock it the fuck off. I, you know, let me tell you, the one thing that really stood out to me is LaVisca Chenault this year. The fact that he didn't play last year. Why wouldn't they? That play didn't him? just happen. Like, listeners, he but didn't just become good. the best receiver in the Pac-12 and a he top five receiver guy. in the they nation overnight. He didn't wake up this year and become that. That's who they had in the roster. They didn't identify it last okay, year. Okay, so 
before we get to Brian. I mean, that's an indictment. It is. On the, on it the is. coaching They're not staff. playing him. They're just not and, doing and, it. And, 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 and it, it goes to the, why don't they play some of the other younger guys? If let me say. I, so everybody, I hear, everything should be on the table the next two weeks. you got to win two games. Let me tell you what I saw. I was at the game. I was, I was sitting pretty much field level. This is what I saw on Saturday. First off. They can play with Washington State all day and all night, all day. 365 days a year. Yep. They can cover them one-on-one. They can cover them in zone. They can blitz it. They can put pressure on the pass. They can play every Coaching. every every step, every facet there. Um, uh, so so that's the one thing that stood out. Uh, you know, that, that, that run from uh, um, uh, McMillan. McMillan, uh, great. Great inside block in the four hole there. I mean, just popped open a huge hole. He breaks two tackles. He's a man. Yeah. He is a he's man. A dude. He's I don't a, know why they don't give him the ball. He's a man. A uh, really tough to tackle, especially for this Pac 12. There's a lot of undersized, fast linebackers in the Pac 12. They got cover. Uh, yeah, they got a cover, and, and he runs right through those and arms. This tackles. is my opinion. So why the fuck don't they just run the goddamn ball? Why can't you be the one team that lines up and annihilates people? Because that's our MO anyway. That's what CU is. And, and, and he, here's, here's the big thing here is that, you know, they Montez is all jacked up in the head. Uh, and, it's because he's getting his ass kicked. Right. Every time he steps back to throw the ball, he gets hit in the face. Well, and then, and then what's happened is his progressions are just, you can tell. There was, a, there was a play where Washington State blitzes the safety. They pick up the block. They pick up the safety blitz. And he blitz. still doesn't hit the hot route. And he's wide open, yeah. About. And it was the one in the ground. They yep. reviewed the pass. If he hits him clean, the, he's, he's still running right now. Yep. And, uh, you know, that one's in the ground. He had a couple others where he's just speeding it up. Then they talk to him, and then he sits back there, and he holds it too long. And he's just he's all, he's all jacked up. There's no rhythm. There's no rhythm in the play calling. And then here's my last point here. Matt's dying to chime in. Here, here's my last point here is – the the entire offense to me every play mat it looks like it's Lateral. geared or, or i mean they are they are all sideways but it looks like it's geared to a player. Okay, let's get this Lavisca play. Get it to Lavisca here instead let's, of just let's playing get the, the play. KD play. Yeah. yeah. Okay, That's why don't point. you? This is the highest. This guy is the most accurate passer in the Pac-12 stats wise. Spread it out. Let him play some fucking football. Right? Spread it out and let him play. It goes back to my initial point that Coach Mack is too nice. He's too nice. He doesn't have the ability to get on his coach's asses and tell them to do something. He doesn't like conflict where I think conflict is the only way we can ever build. I like adversity. I want it in my life so I can get better. And then on top of that, he's too nice to his opponents. He doesn't step on their throats when he has the opportunity to do so. The, the, look, the interview with Brian Howell is awesome. I want you guys to hear it, okay? Uh, we're going to bring Brian on right now and talk buffs. Um, you know, he has a lot of insight on what's going on and, and you know, who's going to get fired and who's not. Uh, I will ask this. If you could have one guy be the coach for the buffs moving forward, one name. Are we going to do that before the no, interview or after one, the interview? I want one name. I'm not going to dive into the who's the coach because Mac's still the coach. When he gets fired, I'll ask you again. One uh, name. Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Damn. I like that one. I'm going to go with Les Miles. <laughs> okay. I don't care well, what. Look. Th- those are what the rumors. Let's talk about Les Miles. Let's, let's talk about Let's that. talk about future look. buffs after the, after the, you want to go after the Fair. interview or right I now? I like it. Let's do okay. it. Let's do it now. Shit. Let's do it now. We'll okay. bring Brian on here in a second. Okay. This okay. won't take too long. Okay. So, you say Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, because I, I know. W- I know Cliff well. He yeah. ain't leaving tech. I know, I know. No I, shot. I want to see someone, you know, and and this is the only reason why. What about Coach Shiv? Coach Shiv was under Cliff at Tech. 
he hasn't shown that he has a propensity to call great plays. He can recruit. He can recruit. He can recruit. Can he be a CEO styled head coach that lets that his bring, coordinators bring in another yeah, coordinator? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. I think he's going to be one of the guys that stays. I don't think they're going to get rid of Shiv. I think they're going. Well, his to, recruiting is too good. I think they're going to ask Darren to acclimate a little bit. I think they're going to get rid of Clayton Adams and bring in a a new offensive line coach and run game coordinator. That's what I think they'll okay, do. Okay, so so I here I'm going to ask. I'm telling you what say I'm Cliff wondering. Kingsbury, okay. So so is Shiv? Does he have? What kind of guy is he? Is is awesome. Th- I, I know, but is, is he a guy that if you say, hey, listen, we really like you. We want you to stay on the staff. You're a buff, and, and you're great at recruiting. We we don't want you to call plays anymore, though. Is that okay with him? No. He's not going to take a demotion, and he shouldn't. Well, he can't be the play caller. Why not? He, dude, He's they've the, had ter- I'm sorry. I, I this agree. Has been, this has not been good play calling So change this year. it. Change the way it's done by bringing in a new coach okay. that is more authoritative. In the USC game, 47% of their plays were lateral. You need No, 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 hold on. It's not on the o- – the OC is going to run wild unless the coach – You think if Les Miles him. comes in, he's going to let Shiv stick around and call plays? No way. Okay, then fuck it. Then, okay, Les Miles comes in, bring in your OC. I don't care about that. I care about the head coach that's man enough to walk over to the offensive coordinator and say, dude. Run the fucking ball. What are you doing? Right. Because that is true coaching. Right. Not Are we running the ball here, Shiv? No? Okay. That's not <laughs> coaching. I'm sorry. And I love Shiv. I think he's one of the best young play callers and coaches in college football. I do not want him to leave the the buffs at all. I will say this though. This is a better job than tech, by the way. Well, way better. Uh, uh, I will say this though. If Les Miles is the head coach here in Boulder, yeah, I want them to throw the ball, but I'm okay with playing lights out defense and running the shit out of the football and maybe not having the best quarterback in the world because unlike LSU fans, I'll take nine or ten wins a year. I'll take them. I will fucking take it. Well, Because he, if Les Miles comes into the Pac-12 and plays like he did at LSU and he can recruit, Les Miles immediately becomes the biggest name in the Pac-12 from a recruiting standpoint, in my opinion. Here, immediately. He, here, the rumors right now, uh, nothing but rumors, the rumors right now are that Les Miles has a you know a great chance to to take this new job, and that Kansas is talking to him. If he goes to Kansas, that he'll be fired in three years. You can't win there. Uh, and so uh, the, the Kansas is talking to him right now, and they're ready to you know back up the Brinks truck for him. Th- those are just rumors. We don't know it's true. Why but the, why but, would you want to go to Kansas? Uh, here's here's the other thing that's interesting is that um, someone was telling me that um, CU's AD. Is Rick George. Rick George is very good friends with Les Miles. They are, they're boys, big yeah, time. Yeah, they're boys. Look, man. Uh, and so, so, I mean, that, that where there's smoke, things. there's fire. Okay, but but here's so here's this is this is where this is where I got it. This is my question for you. Let's then. Questioned it up. Let's go. Okay. So unlike the Broncos, this roster the Buffs has has a bright future. I agree. I think. Look, I think they're a year away still. Me too. I when they were five and zero, oh, I was telling everybody like, look, I I think they're a year away. I think next year's team is going to be really fucking good. So. With that said, um, you know, is this a Les Miles type roster? It looks so different than what when you picture Les Miles. What do you think? You pick the three hundred and thirty pound ass kicking lineman, yeah, yeah, yeah linemen, right, right, right. Big, and I mean, physical you see receivers, sometimes big tight ends, pass rushers, big D linemen, tight ends that sh- should probably be linemen, right? Um, like, like well, well, just that, that's massive. That's why his the Les Miles thing in- intrigues me so much is because I think. Put it like this. You think you, you just you, come in here and play bully ball yes, against the Pac-12? 100%. Because that's how Utah wins. 
Utah is one of the few teams that won't go pure spread and throw the ball over the field. They are bully ball. And they don't win every game, but damn it, they are always in bowl games. They're always smash mouth. And if you fuck around against Utah, they are going to beat the shit out of you. Watch what happens on Saturday. If see if Mustafa Johnson and and the, the them boys up front, Edwards and all them boys, if they can't man up and fucking really nut up and reach down and grab their nuts and say, okay, this shit's <laughs> going to get real. We're fucking about to get real against a rival. A team that everybody's talking about, they're not our rival. Utah looks at us as a rival. They don't like us none. If you, don't, if you fuck this up, Utah will run the ball for 400 yards down your throat. Kyle Winningham will beat the shit out of you. Can they win with Montez? Yeah, absolutely they can, man. Look. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Nebraska is a better team than their record, number one. The atmosphere in Lincoln this year, I was on the side of the whole game. It was fucking nuts. And CU showed me a lot winning there. Beating Arizona State at home the way they did, that they showed me a lot winning there. Because Arizona State's the best team in the Pac-12 South, in my opinion. And they're probably going to play in the, in the title game under Herm Edwards. Well, I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter of Oregon State or the second quarter of Arizona or last week. But this, the team that went 5-0 and oh and was ranked is still there. But the team that's gone 0-5 oh since is there, too. So we'll see. Uh, Mr. Brian Howell is going to join us here from BuffZone.com. Uh, he's got some insight on the Coach Mack uh, extravaganza and what's really going on. So we'll bring Brian on right now. And it is my pleasure to bring in my man Brian Howell from cubuffs.com and buff zone up there in boulder b what's happening welcome to mcchesney unchained on the bsn denver podcast network and uh it's been a crazy ass morning for cu football um you know we won't keep you on long today but we definitely want to talk about the the story circulate the story circulating that coach max out in boulder um you're hearing something different so elaborate on that real quick again mr brian howell uh joining us here on mcchesney unchained elaborate please b yeah, and thanks for having me on. Um, so, you know, for those that haven't seen it, obviously Channel 7 came out with a report uh, citing anonymous sources that McIntyre will be out at the end of the season. I texted a source of mine um, close, very close to the situation and said, is this true? And got just a one-word reply, no. Um, That's what I got, I too. I, I texted Coach Shiv this morning. He said, uh, I don't think this is true. So, Yeah, and from from everything I'm hearing, the staff has not heard anything. The players have not heard anything. I have, I've heard that there was uh, that Max met with the players and told them that nothing is going on right now. Um, my take is that, you know, whatever the source was for Channel Seven, that uh, they may have been under the impression something is going to happen, and I think that it possibly could, but I don't think that right now anything has happened as far as I don't think there's been a conversation with anybody at CU telling Mike that you are done. Brian Howell from BuffZone.com joining us here on McChesney Unchained. So, so why the urgency to put it out there just to get clicks? I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm in the media. You're a journalist. I, I understand that it's a dog-eat-dog -dog business, but this just makes you – whoever did this, and I don't know who it was, but who cares, but whoever did this, you got to feel like Boo Boo the Fool a little bit. Well, I think – yeah, I, I certainly think that in today's world it's uh, – you know, if you feel confident in the story, you throw it out there and – you know, break the news. And, uh, you know, the reporter who did that, uh, you know, Troy Rank of, uh, you know, has been with the Denver Post and Channel 7. Um, he's been around here for a long time, and I trust him as a reporter. That was Troy, um, huh? Man, Troy's yeah. usually on top of his stuff. Right. And so that's why, you know, I, I mean, I, I trusted him in that regard. Like, I don't think that he's – there's a lot of journalists these days that I think are careless that they would just throw things out there. I don't think he's that at all. 
And so that's where I think that there's uh, some legitimacy to what's going on. But I don't think, like I said, I don't think anything has happened yet. All right, brother. So where there's smoke, there's fire usually in college football and in all levels of football. Um, do you think that sitting at five and five after winning five straight and all the you know positive momentum moving forward and then losing five straight and really the one that really sticks in my crawl is two quarters this year. There's the fourth quarter of Oregon State and the second quarter against Arizona where you're giving up 24 and 26 points respectively. If Coach yeah. Mack's not getting fired, and, and look, I don't want him to get fired. I think that he's building something. Uh, yes, I think that he's made some mistakes and he's too nice as a coach and he doesn't want to step on anybody's throat, but he's got to learn to be more aggressive and finish people off as well. If he's going to preach that to his team, he has to do it as well. I know Rick George wants a winner. What do you think is going to happen here, especially with two games to play? You just got hammered by Washington State at home 31-7, to a team that I don't think is that much better than CU, even though they're the, they're the top in the Pac-12. Can they beat Utah? Can they beat a ranked Cal team? Or is, are we looking at seven losses to close out 2018? Well, I think if you look on paper, I think we're looking at, at seven losses. I mean, right now, this ah! offense has, has not been good so against – Good defenses, right? Uh, Washington State's got a pretty good defense, and uh, Washington has a pretty good defense. And, and CU scored a combined 20 points against those two teams. The next two teams are playing are two of the top four defenses in the Pac-12, and uh, Utah and Cal. And Cal, I, I think, has gone three straight games now, giving giving up under 20, and that includes against Washington and USC. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard for CU to get much going offensively. Um, I, I will say this: I think there's enough fight and enough pride uh, in that locker room that the guys can go out there and get it done. I think they're very capable of winning two games. I wouldn't bet anything on it. Okay, so uh, things are bad. We know they are. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure about the situation at CSU, but it's not good either after they got housed by Nevada on the road this weekend. I, are we looking at a situation where the Broncos, Buffs, and Rams are all trying to fill their head coaching slot at the end of the season? Because I don't know if that's ever happened in the same year. Yeah. I was thinking that too, and I don't think this would happen at Air Force. But Air Force isn't having a very good season either. So yeah, Troy Calhoun's um, not going anywhere, though. And no, if he, I, do, I agree if he does, that. can you yeah. hire him in Boulder or in Fort Collins immediately after he gets fired? Right, like the, the hour afterwards. Like two minutes um, afterwards. Right, and I, I agree with you. He's not going anywhere. I just uh, it's interesting how bad the football's been this year. But yeah, it'll be interesting if uh, all three coaches. I mean, you know, Bobo looks to be. I mean, he's got that thing kind of going in a downward spiral right now. Uh, obviously, Vance Joseph is not getting things done with the Broncos. And, you know, I agree with you that um, Mike McIntyre has done some good things here, but I think that there's enough reason to look at it and say, you know what, this is probably not going the direction we want it to. All right, brother. Last question, Mr. Brian Howell joining us here on McChesney Unchained uh, from buffzone.com up in Boulder. In my opinion, uh, you're not going to get better information about the buffs than from Brian. He's the, he's the, uh, the best in the business at covering CU, not afraid to ask tough questions. So, in the past, you know, we've talked about, you know, Coach Mack and his struggles with the media and not really wanting to answer tough questions. And what kind of coach does CU need? Is Coach Shiverini next in line? Uh, are they going to clean house if Coach Mack is gone, in your opinion? Or are we looking at Les Miles or Jim Levitt, who is here as a defensive coordinator, who I know damn well would love to be in Boulder, owns a home here? Um, yeah. Is it going to be a young offensive mind out there, or is it going to be one of these veteran salty ass coaches that could come in and get this team chewing glass again? Well, I think it could be either one of those. I mean, I think Les is certainly one that 
you've got to look that direction because he's got an, an existing uh, good relationship with Rick George, and, and he's a proven winner. He's won a national championship. I know uh, his offenses weren't great at LSU, but he has won a national championship. Um, I don't think that it would be anybody on staff. I think that um, I think Chev is is going to be a really good offensive coordinator and coach down the road. He's had a tough year in his first year as a, a Division One play caller. Um, I, I think that he's going to be good. I don't think he's he's ready for that step right now. Um, I think they're going to go with somebody like a like a Les Miles or somebody that's been winning uh, in a Group of Five type of school. I know we've gone down that road before, but. You know, I'm just throwing out names, but like a, a Blake Anderson at Arkansas State, a Brian Harson at Boise State, can you pry those guys away? You know, I, I think that's kind of what we're looking at. It's kind of those younger type of guys like that. Okay, brother. Well, look, man, fake news is running amok, and we appreciate your hard work getting the real information uh, for real, bro. I mean, I, I know it's hard out there with all these people talking like they know. Uh, keep doing your thing, and uh, everybody, make sure you follow Brian. What's your tag on, on Twitter, brother? It's at Brian Howell 33. Everybody give Brian a, a follow for any and all Buffalo uh, questions and concerns and just a great follow on Twitter. B, thanks very much, brother. Everybody go to Buff Zone, check it out, and uh, he'll have any and all pertinent information on your Colorado Buffaloes moving forward. Mr. Brian Howell, I'm McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Networks. Thanks, B. Thanks. I appreciate it. And that was Mr. Brian Howell from BuffZone.com talking about your CU Buffs and the fake news and Coach Mack being in or being out. Uh, we'll obviously talk about that a lot more here on uh, McChesney Unchained from Six Zero Studios at Six Zero Strength and Fitness on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. My band, man, Brandon Spanos in studio with me live. Uh, we've had a great show today talking Buffs, talking Rams, talking NFL, talking Denver Broncos. Andre was on, you're on, Brian Howell's on. Uh, it's been a great show, and uh, I'm excited about episode 18 on Friday. Uh, it, it should be a good time. Any last thoughts there, Spano, before we get you out of here? I'm just, you know, I'm so perplexed and disappointed with this Buffs team, and I'm just trying to, uh, you know, the Les Miles thing just has my head rolling, and I just, I don't, like, what does he do with this current roster? How does he, you know, I... He, he toughens it up. I know, but, but you know, are they, do they come out and, uh, you know... I know a guy that... They've got really all these good, wide receivers look, and stuff. I know a guy that know? would be a really, really good O-line and D-line coordinator and coach and recruiter. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, this is McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I am your host, Matt McChesney. That is the man of the hour, uh, the big boss of BSN, Mr. Brandon Spano. Uh, thank you for listening, folks. Episode 17 is a fucking wrap. Uh, thanks to all the sponsors and thanks to all the guests, and we are out.